0: Are you an adventurer looking to take your hunt to the next level? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Tonic. Hey
1: everyone, welcome back to another episode of the East Meets West Hunt podcast presented by Onyx. So I'm using Onyx Maps actually today sitting here in front of me on my computer to do some final scouting for my Idaho trip, which is coming up this week. This will be the last episode that I release before I leave. I'll have another one coming out next week, um, but everything will be pre-recorded for that. And so what I'm doing with Onyx is one thing that Corey Jacobson taught me with the University of El online course was to go through and use Onyx to mark water sources, bedding areas, and food sources. So I'm going through and marking all these areas that that have potential to have all these three things close to each other and marking as many as possible, more than I could ever go in my, you know, 13 days I'm going to be elk hunting. And I do that so that when I get out there, I always have backup plans. So I'm doing that right from my computer at home, you know, 2000 miles away from where I'll be hunting and that automatically transfers right to my phone, right to the hunt app and I can utilize that while I'm in the field and check out these spots. Being prepared like that just helps out so much when you know when things don't go as planned and it takes the stress off you to have backups. So if you want to check out the Onyx hunt app, you can use the code EMW and save yourself twenty percent at OnyxMaps.com. Maven Optics, and so Maven—I've been using Maven now for quite a few years—and their optics are the highest quality optics available at half the price of their competitors because of their direct-to-consumer business model. So they're selling directly from you, from them to you, and you know, being able to work directly with the customers. And so their optics, I'm taking along the Maven B2 9x45s and the Maven S2 spotting scope with me on this trip. I'll utilize the the B2s, the binoculars to glass and try to find game and then utilize the spotter to really figure out what's going on and say the middle of the day when there's shadows coming down you know, some stuff that Clint Casper actually on a recent podcast brought up as far as some glassing tips. So I'm using these two, these two options that weigh a total of about, I think it's like 64 ounces between the two of them, which isn't really that much for carrying high quality glass around and being able to find game. Yes, it's, it's a lot of weight when you look at it compared to other things, but optics, if you can't see the animal, then (laughs) It's, you're not really hunting anything, especially in some, you know, open country areas. So Maven Optics has offered a code dash gift that'll get you a free gift with any full-price optics order from com. The University of Elk Hunting and Corey Jacobson have, you know, he's come out with this fully comprehensive elk hunting learning course. And I talked about a little bit there when I was you know, discussing Onyx, but uh, the scouting option, that has just been... A, that's probably one of the most valuable pieces I've pulled from that course and being able to really have an efficient way to scout because you can spend hours and hours and hours on Onyx to, to find, you know, to scout areas. But if you don't have a plan for it and be efficient with it, I mean, all of us are busy. And his online course really dives into... That in detail. So, the University of Elk Hunting is available over at elk101.com, and you can use the code East Meets West to save yourself 20% off the annual membership. So, all right, on today's podcast, I have Johnny Mack. From Washington backcountry coming on and Johnny's a really interesting guy I've met him just through social media now over the last couple years and he's super passionate about the as the title of this podcast says is mentorship and you know as a hunter that came into hunting or uh, I guess an individual that came into hunting at a later age than a lot of us have you know he he had to learn from the beginning and, and learned how hard it was to get into hunting without any sort of mentors or anything else. And he just, he just really wanted to be able to give back to others and be able to help out for that. So his mission behind Washington back country and the soulful hunter podcast is great. And I fully stand behind it. So Johnny and I really dive into a lot of, mentorship, you know, opinions versus perspective and, you know, basically defining adventure as, you know, my tagline is, you know, alludes to, and, and then also just ending it with a story of the, his first, you know, taste of success on a, a Western big game animal on an elk last year. So it's a really interesting podcast here with Johnny and uh, I think, I think you all like it. So I I guess um, the, the last thing I want to say is uh, next time that uh, you hear from me, I'll be in the back country of Idaho hunting elk, leaving here on Friday, Friday the 13th, <laughs> leaving there after work and, and heading out with Mason and Michael and meeting up with Justin Mueller, who will be filming and photographing the whole hunt and hopefully put together a pretty cool story on it. I'm feeling Really confident about it this year. This will be my fourth year hunting elk, and I just I, I think that it's it's going to come together and with a great group of guys and and everything else. So I, I think I, I really truly have an optimistic view of how this hunt's going to go. But I know it's going to be tough, and I know it's going to be what elk hunting always is and a lot more of uh, tough times than good. But um, I'm looking forward to it. So let's, uh, let's dive right into the podcast here with Johnny Mack. All right, we're live. Johnny Mack, Washington backcountry. What's up, man?
0: Dude, Bo, what's happening? Thanks for having me on today.
1: Yeah, no problem. I've uh, been looking forward to this call. You and I have went back and forth you know, messaging each other and a couple phone calls here for the last probably six or eight months. So I'm glad that we, can, we got some time that we can uh, get together here. Oh,
0: absolutely, absolutely! You have always been someone I've looked up to uh, since my journey diving into social media and hunting, and your your tagline "How do you define adventure?" has always been something that has spoke to my soul and been something that I have also had a a, a vision and a purpose with towards hunting as well. So, it's I'm glad that we finally get a chance to connect and talk.
1: Yeah. So I, I'm not going to steal your thunder here, but John, you, you were one of the, one of those guys that, you know, are up and coming as far as, you know, creating something that's, that's outside of a comfort zone. It's a little bit of risk, a whole bunch of stuff, you know, similar to what, you know, I did with the podcast and everything. And there's a lot of people doing that stuff out there now, and a lot of great, you know, things coming out of it, but it. Just something about what you have going on stuck out to me, and I really wanted to get you on here and, and get to talk a little bit more about it. So if you want to you know, start off by kind of giving a little bit of a background in yourself, which you have a, a really interesting background in how you kind of came into hunting.
0: Oh, yeah, man. I, I, my pleasure. So my name is Johnny Mack. I am a middle school physical education and health teacher in the state of Washington, and I'm the founder of the social media and website Washington Backcountry, and I'm also the host, as of last week, of the Soulful Hunter podcast, and my mission of what I'm trying to do is, so I'm an adult onset hunter. I am 35 years now, but at 29, I decided to take my hunter safety course And really dive into becoming a hunter. And it was something that I always knew inside of me I wanted to do. I had a call for adventure upon my life when I was just a tiny little boy. But I constantly ignored it. And I wasn't raised in a household that hunted. And I was a high school football coach for several years. And finally, that battle between what I really and ultimately wanted to pursue And what I thought was something I wanted to pursue uh, came to a head. And I walked away from coaching and I took up arms literally and I set to the woods and it was time for me to find myself and find purpose and passion in, in what I did. And what I what I found along this journey is trying to become a hunter as an adult is not easy, especially when you have zero resources other than the Internet and YouTube there, there's nobody that is really, well, at least at that point, things have really changed over the last couple of years. But at that point in, in time, the hunting communities was extremely closed off. They were not very welcoming to, to new hunters. And at least the, over in the state of Washington, where I was at, it was like, Hey, you hunt. Okay, sweet. Can you take me? Will you show me? Will you teach me? And it was no after no after no. And a lot of yeah, sure. Give me a call when the season comes. And then, you know, no phone calls back or, hey, can I join you at deer camp? And then all of a sudden, yeah, well, I got to check with my uncle, you know, my uncle, my dad, or we've been doing this as a family for a long time. And I don't know if there's room for one more. I got to check with them type thing. And, and so what I learned is that in the hunting community, there's zero mentorship and zero opportunity for people to really get involved if it's not something that's been passed down generation to generation. And so what I wanted to do, being a teacher, is I wanted to educate people and, and provide an opportunity for people to get involved and build community and, and be a part of something greater than themselves and be a part of something that's going to change their lives. And that's where I came up with the, the tagline um, with Washington Backcountry and the Soulful Hunter podcast is that it's going to transform your life through primal adventure. And so I've been set on this journey and, and I took to the internet, started a website, wrote a book, started a podcast, and <laughs> have an absolute blast with it.
1: Yeah. I mean you and I were talking a little bit here before the podcast about like just the time it takes to put into something. And I said I recognized, you know, what you're doing and how much commitment, you know, that takes the to put out content at the level you are and help people like at the level that you are. And that's, that's truly something that like if you're not extremely passionate about it and if say, if you're in it for the wrong reasons, you wouldn't have done all this stuff that, that you've been able to do. And I completely commend you on it. And I didn't know until recently that you wrote a book. So that's pretty awesome in itself. (laughs)
0: So yeah, it, uh, the book is not published yet, but uh, it is written and now I'm revising it. And I actually was able to get it in the hands of Stephen Ronella. I met him in Seattle and told him I quoted him in my book and asked him if he would uh, be willing to read it and give me a review. And, and so he did and he sent that back. And like, I, I doubt he would even know who I am. But the point is the book is all about my journey of becoming a hunter as an adult and the challenges. So it's called found, uh, the story of a soulful hunter. And, and it's about finding yourself in the wilderness and finding purpose and passion and through adventure.
1: That's, that's awesome. And the fact that, so did you, did you like go to a place to specifically meet Steve or did it just happen? You said you ran into him.
0: Uh, It was, so when I, So this is all last spring. So March or April 2018, when I really decided I wanted to hit hard and start an Instagram account and start writing a book. And it started with the book. And uh, I'm a BHA member here in the state of Washington. And they were having a pint night in Seattle. And I was like, dude, I got to go. It's the first time I'm really trying to connect with people and, and talk with them. And he just happened to be there that night. And so a part of me being an advocate for hunting is I need to be an advocate also for myself. And so I started with the courage to walk up and talk to him. Yeah. So I only had just a few minutes with him. And he told me how to send me a a transcript of my book or manuscript of my book to him. and, And that was that
1: man that's awesome so he read it and gave you some feedback on it or or a review at least yeah
0: yeah he said it's it's something uh every every new hunter should hear
1: that's awesome so yeah well good for you man that's that's exciting so to talk a little bit like you know you, you started washington backcountry you know just really a year and a half ago, not even, a little over a a year ago, and you come a long way in that short amount of time to to do that. So what I guess what is your kind of plan with it? What do you what are you looking to do with Washington backcountry? I know that you're talking about that the recruitment and mentorship um, part of it, but kinda explain that a little bit deeper.
0: I want to take it nationwide what I'm doing and spark fires in people's souls all over the nation to, if you are a hunter to open up your arms and welcome people and be ambassadors for the sport and for the community and to spark a fire in people's souls to get off the couch, be active and pursue adventure in their lives. Um, Our, our souls, we were made to create, we were made to be active. We were made to do things. And when we work a nine to five job that is not fulfilling in our in our souls, we die. We die a slow, painful, sad, lonely, lonely death. And more often than not, not only that, but we are constantly distracted by the buzz of society. You know, I got a I got a phone in front of me. I got an Apple Watch on my wrist that constantly reminds me of. Of to get moving or to do different things. And we're never left alone to truly connect with ourselves, connect with nature, connect with our creator and to find who we really are, what we really want and what our purpose is in life.
1: Yeah. And, and when you said that you started hunting, what was that five years ago, six, six years ago now, or, or you took your hunter safety course six years ago and you started hunting about five years ago, correct? Yep, correct. So, what was that journey like? So, when you you said it was tough to find, you know, the the mentorship and everything else. So, how did you kind of get into it and and with, you know, with the limited resources that you had?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. So, for me, it was I always started out I backpacked from From The first time I ever went backpacking was a section of the Pacific Crest Trail when I was seven years old in second grade. And I remember being in the wilderness and coming across deer and bear and, and different things and being out doing something that my own body took me from point A to point B. And it was upon my own will and courage that I was out there and found myself. And even though at a young age, I always was also drawn to this concept of a cowboy, and the adventure that they they live, and, and what it takes to be a man, and true grit, and, and the challenge of it. And I felt that in today's society, other than possibly joining the military and going to fight for your country, there's no other true adventure and challenge to find yourself other than becoming a hunter. And so I, being young and immature, pursued you know girls or other interests sports for a long time you know for for me i grew up in a house where sports is king my father is a state hall of fame football coach here in the state of washington and i played college football for a long time but but it wasn't fulfilling and what i also found is that hunting is a lifelong thing that provides not only for you but for everyone else around you but sports is something that is so short. It's a time and a season in life. And so when it came for me to get into hunting, I, I wanted i wanted to be fulfilled. I wanted to try something new. I wanted to grow as a person, an individual. And so I took to the Internet and connecting it with my hiking days is I was always a backpacker. I used to work at REI. I was familiar with camping and backpacking and being out in the woods for that aspect and i then took that and applied it to hunting and and i've always been a proponent of the second amendment and so it was doing the same thing only bringing a gun with you and so i i took to the woods had no idea how to find deer how to find any animals and for a long time i was just hiking with the weapon and so i i used resources uh that i could took to forums and finally just just trial and error trial and error to the point where I recruited a buddy of mine who's never hunted and he became my hunting partner. And every Saturday we're taking hikes to look for deer tracks and find animals and do whatever we could. And eventually it wasn't until this last year, 2018, that every time I went out into the woods, I found and saw the exact animal that I was looking for. Whether it was shootable, legal or whatnot, it was if I was looking for coyotes, I was able to find them deer. I was able to find them elk, all these things. And it finally, like, there's no, no other thing in life where you're able to make such gains and fill the reward in it. Quite like hunting that satisfies your soul and also provides the adventure.
1: Yeah, man. I, I can completely relate to that. I mean, even though that we came from different backgrounds, as far as like, I grew up hunting and it, it but it took me a while probably not until about 4 or 5 years ago probably 5 years ago when i really realized how lucky you know that i was to grow up in it and kind of what it meant to me you know it was always one of those things that i just did and really enjoyed it but never really you know kind of dug deep inside myself to figure out you know what the the true meaning of it was and what that purpose was like it's i've realized now that it's come to a point where it's not something that I do as a hobby. It's something that I need to do. And that's like, I mean, that sounds pretty, you know, crazy to say, but it is. Like, it's its yeah, not, its, it's just, no longer
0: a hobby. It's a lifestyle.
1: It is. It's 100% a lifestyle. I mean, not only did, you know, I make a business out of it, but just even before that, I was still doing the same things. I just wasn't documenting it as good, you know, and, and I just, I don't know. I just want more. Like I constantly want more of it. And when when I did my first, you know, Western hunt, it was it was literally life changing. I mean, I've hunted my whole life, but I've never hunted like that. Where I was, you know, I'd never was west of the Mississippi River, let alone go to the Rocky Mountains. And then just all of a sudden, I show up there, throw a backpack on, and hike for seven days you know with camp on my back and and go through all the the struggles yeah. of you know the the thunderstorms and the hailstorms and the snow that we're getting in September and and all the all the thing all the struggles that you go through on these type of hunts but it really truly connected you you know me with everything and when I came back I felt like I was a better person for it what from the standpoint of you know it, say at work, you know, I, I don't know if it's like this in the schools, but, you know, where I work in a, a factory, a lot of – it seems like just a lot of people complaining all the time about this and that, and it's always just constant complaining. And I, I – now, like, those things seem so petty to me. Like, I, I try my best not to complain about things and just, you know, nothing's as big as you think they are because once you get out there and really – survive and thrive in uh, the wilderness or even, you know, right behind your house, if you can hunt there, like you, once you figure out that connection and it's just, it's truly life-changing.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And actually, you know, one of the things that I wanted to ask you and get your perspective on is all I've ever known is the Western style of hunting, right? You uh, leave your car at a trailhead, you head off into the woods and, and that's all I've ever known. And I know how that fulfills adventure for me in my life. And I want to talk to you about what is it like being, uh, you know, that, that Eastern style hunter where it's, it's tree stands, it's blinds, it's maybe it's the back 40 or it's a 10 minute walk from your back deck. Like how, how does hunting fulfill your soul and provide adventure in your life? Even though you're, you're truly not even getting all the way out into the wilderness.
1: So where where I grew up is kind of a little bit of a mixture between Eastern hunting and Western hunting. There's a lot of places like you can get uh, away from people and away from sounds and everything else. But at the same time, there is hunts like what you're talking about where I'll go turkey hunting before work in the morning, you know, and it's down the road from my house or like, you know, a short, you know, walk in the woods. And it's all kind of how you put your mindset on it. And I've even hunted suburbs before which was completely different for me and took me a little bit to kind of you know figure it out but it's just you just have to let yourself kind of connect with it it's it's different don't get me wrong but it's all the same just depending on you know that's why I kind of created the tagline how do you define adventure because you can find that adventure through whatever it is it just takes a little bit of a different mindset and you kind of have some different goals with it if that Mm -hmm. if that makes any sense.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So one of the things that I need a little follow up from you is how, how do you specifically get the adventure out of it? What, where is it that you're shifting your mindset or do you feel like you need to find it somewhere else in life or do you get complete fulfillment and immersion when you're out in, out in the woods?
1: So for me, how, how I feel like I get that complete like immersion is when I, when I step out of the truck and start walking in the woods, my mind is hundred percent turned on to the game that I'm pursuing. And, you know, I'm trying to think of, okay, it's say, I'm, say I'm hunting deer and all right, the the thermals, you know, are coming down the, the mountain this time. I wonder where the deer are going from their bed, from their food at night to betting what are they doing with this weather conditions all these things when i start like completely diving down these rabbit holes of trying to think like the the animal that i'm hunting and try to put myself in that place i forget about the other stuff and that's kind of how i personally uh, feel like i kind of get away from the hustle and bustle with it and that's that's kind of how i've done it which is similar um, to this, the mindset out west, besides the fact that you're, you know, adding in, say, if you're doing a backpack trip, you're adding in kind of survival, you know, trying to find your water, trying, you know, making sure you eat yep. at the right times, um, yep. sheltering from storms, all those things. But it's just, it's a little bit different. Um, you don't have, I guess, as big of awe inspiring, you know, landscapes that you're seeing and everything, but you still kind of get the same, uh, the same experience from it, it's just, you know, twisted up a little bit. But for me, it's all about when, once I start pursuing something and I turn it off, one of my buddies puts it really good. He, uh, he calls it work mode and hunt mode. You know, like when he's at work, he's working. That's what he's, you know, he's there to work when he goes into hunt mode. Like he, his brain just flips a switch and that's what he's focused on. And he can't do, you know, both of them at the same time. He's got to be, you know, all in. And, well, I have to mix a little bit of that for the most part, um, able to kind of just turn it off and turn it on to the, the hunting mode, but it can, it can be tough though. You know, like I said, with say, I am doing a quick hunt before work and I'm always checking the watch or something like that, that can kind of deter from it a little bit. I just try to get the, the best out of it that I possibly can for, for the time that I have, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, totally. There's, there's very few things in life that I've experienced other than high levels of competition in sports or specifically rock climbing that I have been able to clear my mind and focus on the task at hand, like hunting. Um, you know, rock climbing provides that danger aspect that if you're not focused on it, you know, something bad can happen. You know, high level of sports requires that focus to have complete awareness of what's going on around you. And, and that's also you, you find that in hunting. So that, that was pretty cool. I like that. It's well put.
1: Yeah. Well, that's, that's interesting. Cause I hadn't, you know, thought about that in a while. So I'm glad you asked that question. And once you asked it, it was, it came out, you know, easy to me because, but I, it's just something I haven't really thought of. It's just something I do, you know, and um, sometimes it's it's nice to have that kind of refresher put in your mind of of you know of how you're doing it, I guess to to be able to explain to others because that's something that even though I have a podcast and do writing and stuff, sometimes it's tough to put into words when it's something that I've done forever, you know, it's something yep. that I've always done. And it, I think it really, what really changed me to be able to understand everything with with it and the, the importance of it is when I moved to the Pittsburgh area. So I moved from living out in the middle of nowhere to, you know, near a major city. And then that's when I really appreciated everything I had. And I appreciated those moments more because I couldn't just go out every day after school or work to go out in the woods. I had to plan for it. And that, you know, then I'm ended up moving, you know, back to my hometown and, and I just appreciated it so much more when I came back than I did when I left, if that makes, you know, any sense with it, but it,
0: no, absolutely. It absolutely makes sense. And I think, um, what's funny is how you're talking about not knowing things as well, but it just kind of naturally comes. I think that's one of the, the issues when it comes to, uh, um, people who have hunted for a long time, mentoring people. Well, it's like, why do you do that? Well, I don't know. It's just, it's just something that I do. It's just, it's just how I do it rather than putting themselves in a position of going back to the very beginning and thinking, okay, I need to explain this step-by-step because if I don't, there's no correlation and connection of understanding. And, and so that's a, a great, great concept of, of that even though it comes naturally for you to reflect i always talk about inward reflection leads to outward correction Is when we take time to inwardly reflect you are going to be able to take action on the outward and and correct your life or not even correct it if you're doing something wrong but then realign it back to where you want to be going and, and refocus and the and that is is what a part of being a hunter and being still and quiet and being out in the moment does for you it allows you to not only heighten your senses but to reconnect and 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 inwardly reflect
1: that's that's a really good way of putting it and I guess I'd never thought of it that way and as you're talking about that my mind's kind of you know spinning and and thinking about so the way that I've hunted whitetail deer my whole life has always been in this big woods appalachian region well you know, I grew up, you know, I'd watch hunting TV and see them hunting these big farm country whitetails and always thought that I was at like a disadvantage. Like, oh man, I wish I could have that or anything else. And then what I realized was, no, I'm really lucky for these, this, you know, style hunting I grew up doing. And, and when I started, you know, writing and talking about it, I realized there was a lot more people that could relate to it and so many that wanted that experience you know something that I was like as a young you know kid and even into my teens and early 20s I was like I didn't I didn't appreciate it as much as I do now and and you know now there's people you know driving hours and hours to take a week-long trip to come hunt the Appalachian mountain region for whitetails when that's never has been considered a destination and but by me reflecting on that and kind of, you know, thinking about it, it, it changed it. Cause I, so I started, you know, when I started putting it out there just through social media was what I started with and started getting all this feedback from people. And I'm like, that's awesome. I want to help others, you know, experience this, even though I didn't take, you know, that I kind of took it for granted at first. Like I realized that there was an opportunity for me to be able to help people, you know, do that and be able to, if they, if they really want to, you know, commit to it and want that type of adventure that they can have it. And I wanted to be that resource to be able to do that, you know? And, and I, I think, I think what you're saying there is just, I think it's spot on. One of, one of my really good friends, um, one of my best friends, Michael Palladino, he, I've had him on the podcast before, but he came into hunting later in life. He probably started, not he probably started like in the end of high school or so but not like really and didn't like you know nobody in his family hunted and he'd come up to our camp and everything and and my grandfather was teaching him how to shoot and helped him with a lot of that and he had some other people that mentored him and now like after we graduated college and everything like he is so into it like and he's planning you know hunts. We're doing an Alaskan hunt next year. We're planning to do it yourself hunt there together. And like, he's so into it. And it's funny how, you know, he's so like crazy passionate about it, but you know, he, he didn't have those resources growing up to learn it, but he, you know, came into it later in life like you did, but it's just like, it just took over, you know, everything about him. And he was big into sports and wrestling and everything else. And it kind of transitioned into this, you know, love for hunting and love for the the adventure of it. And I, I just think that's, that's really cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I, it, people thirst for adventure in their life and you're gonna, you're gonna get it from somewhere and it's not always the most healthy thing. You know, a lot of, a lot of people will put themselves at risk to create adventure in their life. And, and that is something that we as humans need to reflect upon and take a look at ourselves and be like, well, that's not producing healthy fruit in our lives. And we need to produce healthy fruit and put ourselves in, in uh, positions to not only take care of ourselves, which, which hunting will do and provide, but then you get to leave a legacy with your family, your friends, your children, whoever it is, you're not only... T- teaching something to yourself, growing as a human and an individual. You then get to provide meat, which is food, and being able to feed yourself and feed other people. You then get to teach people a life skill of how to provide food for themselves. And that's one of the the craziest and coolest things that becoming a hunter and finding that adventure and that purpose does for people. And if you just take a moment to think about the impact of what it is it 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 the ripple effect is huge by you taking arms and becoming a hunter you don't know how many lives you're going to impact for the for the good of humanity the good of society especially if you are doing a good job and being an ambassador for hunting
1: johnny did you ever read the the book wild at heart
0: Absolutely. Did I one hundred percent. I've read it a couple times. I'm about to have my third son this summer. This next month, I'm having my third boy. Yeah. Wild wild at heart. We were we were born wild at heart. We were not meant to sit behind a desk and sit in a chair for hours on end. We were meant to live and life is now and to cap, capitalize on the life that you have. And one of the things that I want to talk about in regards to mentorship is that people live in fear. We're fearful of not knowing the right answer. We're fearful of not saying the correct thing. And at the end of the day, we all want to be heard. And the world needs to hear from Martonix, The world needs to hear from Johnny Max. The world needs to hear from our listeners to to we need to hear what you have to say and what you have to say is important and that's why the mentorship aspect is so huge and is life changing because you you can change the world just by taking a moment to open up and and let your guard down and be vulnerable with other people.
1: Yeah, no, that is that's you know so true. That that book I just I think it's 2 years ago is when I read it and I want to read it again here, or I have the audio book now, so I'll probably listen to it, but it, so I have some friends that I met through the, through the podcast actually, but I had been watching their films for years on YouTube or I think it was Vimeo at the time they had them out on, but these guys from a, a town close to me have a company called wild at heart outdoors. And These guys were doing films that were just like next level, like un like, and so good about telling like the story of an adventure and really inspired me with a lot of stuff. And they, they never, they never pushed it like super hard and they're starting to get back into it. Now they have young families and everything and, but their, their stuff was so good and moving. So once I got, I, you know, reached out to them through social media. And I was like, Hey, you know, I want to have you guys on the podcast and talk. So I went and met up with them at their house and got to talk about them. And I said, where'd you get the name from? And they told me about that book wild at heart. And like, you got to read it. And I did. And it was like, everything just made sense. Like society now is, you know, just creating these people that, you know, they're so into discomfort, you know, and it's not even their yeah. fault, you know, it's just the way that it's yeah. built now. And your soul just needs that adventure. Like everyone's built for it. It just depends on what it takes to to get it out of you. You know, maybe not everyone is, you know, going to be a hunter and that's not what I mean. But like you know, every man has that inside them to want to be that way some way you know there's there's something inside of you that does it and for me it's very easy for me to see it you know
0: absolutely and for everyone listening to this podcast if you have not read wild at heart i totally recommend it and it specifically talks about young boys growing up to be men and there's a a compliment to that book where the author's wife wrote it And I forget what the name of the book is, but it specifically talks about the woman side of it as well.
1: And the author is John Eldridge, isn't it?
0: Yep. John Eldridge. That's right. Yeah. Fantastic book.
1: Yeah. Highly, highly, highly recommend it. If you're heading, you know, out west this year from the east or wherever you're listening from or whatever you're doing, get the audio book and listen to it on your drive. It'll make that hunt so much, you know, it'll... I, I it'll know. give
0: you a perspective that you're not used to. Yes. And one of the things I've talked about on my podcast when I've interviewed some people recently is so often in life people have opinions of things but they don't have perspectives. You know, you you can have a natural bias inside you on, you know, whether it's Types of people, or food, or whatever hunters versus non hunters, but until you've actually tried it and have a perspective, you don't truly know, and you haven't truly lived. And and for people to take the moment to to try to get the perspective of what it's like, that is when the growth is made, and that's that's when you you never know when you're going to spark a fire in it you know, and it only takes a spark to, to set the whole world
1: ablaze. No, you're, you're a hundred percent right. And, you know, I'm glad that, that you are really highlighting that through what you're doing with Washington Backcountry and the Soulful Hunter podcast and, and everything else. Cause like I said, it's, it's, it's something that needs to be talked about more and show, and I think a lot of people are, um, but like just at a level that, is, is showing like, I mean, like in getting, you know, people, other people involved that don't know that that's in them or haven't, you know, received that perspective because they haven't been through it. So I, I, you know, yep. truly respect that.
0: Thank you. You know, so often in life when people talk about what you need to survive and live is, you know, you, you need food, water, shelter and, and, and being a hunter, you're able to provide the food aspect but what else we need as humans is we need community and we need to feel loved. And there's a lot of songs that have been written about finding love in all the wrong places. And this is why the hunting community opening up its arms and welcoming new people is so important is that there people want to be loved. People want to be accepted. People want to be a part of something greater than themselves we need to provide them that opportunity. And you you never know, you know, not everyone is going to like wild meat. And so one of the things I've done with Washington backcountry, I actually just had a conversation with a guy yesterday about this. And he was like, well, we've tried doing some wild game feeds. And and some people have have enjoyed the wild game feeds, and then it sparked their interest a little bit into becoming a hunter. Uh, But you lose a lot of that aspect of... Of people wanting to hunt once that taste has left their mouth, once they are are not eating the food. And my my shift in thought is that instead of it being really about around the food, even though we are hunters and we that's a reward that we get, it is about the community. And so if you can provide a community, just like a boys and girls club after school for children to go to or being a part of a sports team is so important to get kids out of trouble and into something positive us as adults and us as humans need a community to focus our energy into and to hold us accountable. You know, where else are you going to truly exercise with a purpose? You know, I know that when I'm busting my butt and getting up in the morning and running, I'm running because I want to be the best I can be in the woods this coming fall. And I want to stay in shape, you know? and, And so being a part of that community is then all of a sudden, Hey, you want to hunt? Yeah, I, I think that'd be cool. You want to try it together? Yeah, sure. And then all of a sudden, this partnership develops and accountability starts, and and you go on this journey that is life changing.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's so true. And once people experience that, so like when it, it like okay, like you said about getting up in the morning and running, you know, I do the I do the same thing. I get up every morning. Four thirty, sometimes earlier. Tomorrow morning, I'm doing this Mountain Tough Fitness program. I have a six mile hike with a fifty pound pack, and I don't have time to do it after work because I'm traveling somewhere. So I'm gonna have to get up at three in the morning to do that. And when you teach yourself discipline like that, it just goes over to so many other aspects of your life, and it yeah. makes you, you know, in and, and your case, you know, I'm sure a better father, a better husband, a uh, better teacher, you know everything you know outside of hunting you know and the same thing for me it just it's made me so much you know in as far as business goes as far as family goes friendships everything I I truly think when you and you know engulf yourself in a journey like this that is hunting and you do it in a in a positive manner and then you know take it a step further with you know introducing other people to it it's just, it's something that is, it's difficult to put into words sometimes.
0: Absolutely. So, you know, whether you're you're doing it for yourself, doing it with yourself or with other people as a part of like the fitness challenge you're talking about, you know, not to make this, I, I, not to make this about the Bible, but there's a Bible verse that talks about iron sharpens iron. So the countenance of one friend to another. The, pro, the point of what I'm trying to make right there is that when you wake up, to exercise and train with a purpose, you're sharpening yourself. You're only making yourself better. And just like friendships and holding people accountable makes each other better, that is when you provide purpose behind something, it it changes the way you look at the world and, and allows you to have way more motivation and makes things a lot easier to get through your day. It gives people hope, you know, it, it provides the inspiration needed to fight the good fight and to run the race to win and to just stay after it.
1: Yeah, no, Johnny, I couldn't have said it any better. And, uh, I, I think you should have started a podcast a while ago because you're pretty good at explaining things and your thoughts on that. So I could see how you, how you wrote a book.
0: <laughs> oh, I well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, no, no problem. I just, it's, you know, it's it's something that, like I said, I even, I, I have trouble sometimes putting into words that the things that I experienced, I try to reflect on it more now than ever to be able to, you know, put that word out there. Now that I do have somewhat of a voice to be able to speak on, you know, that people are listening to this podcast and, and everything else, I I want to make sure that, you know, it's, it's brought out in the most positive light possible. And if someone's inspired or even not even inspired, but like, curious about doing something like that that's outside of their comfort zone to to have them do it hopefully that this can motivate them to do it or give them the resources to do that
0: absolutely man absolutely and you know one of the things is like like in any type of career or any type of field where you're learning something new you have mentors you know I don't when when i got out of college and i student taught i had a mentor teacher when i was learning how to be an electrician and i was an electrical apprentice i had you know a journeyman of electrical uh, uh, sorry a journeyman uh, electrician that taught me how to do it you know life is about that tradition and passing things on and if we don't pass on hunting to the next generation and even the current generation, we're going to use lose it because either you use it or you lose it. And that's why my big push is all about mentorship is conservation because enable able to make sure that public lands exist and the legislation and, and money goes back into providing habitat for wildlife, that if you don't provide the opportunity for people to fall in love with hunting the way it has uh, impacted my life and I know the way it's impacted your life, if you don't provide that opportunity for others, then hunting's never—it's it, going to die. It, it, there's no one, you know. There's a, a amazing quote. Oh, I'm drawing a blank on it. Who said it? But it has to do with World War II, where it's like first they came for the Bolsheviks and then but I didn't say anything because I wasn't a Bolshevik. And then they came for the union workers, but I didn't say anything because I wasn't a union worker. And then they came for the Jews, and I didn't say anything because I wasn't a Jew. And then they came for me, and there was no one left to say anything because everyone else was gone. And that's how I look at it in regards to hunting, is if we don't take a stand and stand up for what we love and what we believe in and encourage other people to join us, there's no one going to be able to take a stand for what we love once we're gone.
1: Yeah. Wow. That, yeah, that's a, that's a really good way of putting it and, and being able to correlate that to, you know, past historical events and, you know, different career fields. Like you said, everything has a, a mentor, like even like in college, uh, you know, you have advisors and everything else that, you know, help you go along the way and, you know, why should hunting be any different? Like you said, if you want to continue that. And there's so many different ways of doing that, you know, from physically taking people out and showing them to providing them with resources. There's just a whole bunch of different avenues of doing that. But no matter if you have a platform to speak on or if you just want to take someone out for the first time or, or help someone who's gotten into it but kind of struggling with it, you know, anything like that can help. Like that's just one step in the right direction and, and you'll get a level of fulfillment out of it. That's, you know, not able to, you're not able to get from anywhere else. At least that's been oh, my experience.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And one thing I want to make clear is that to mentor someone, it doesn't mean you're taking them to your spot and you're putting them on the animal that you would have shot. Although that is an option for people to do, um, mentorship is more – you learn this as you become a parent. I want my children to be independent thinkers, and I don't want to give them the answer. I want them to – I want to teach them how to find the answer themselves. So mentoring new hunters is you teaching them to be able to do it themselves, not spoon-feeding them. You know, I was talking with Ryan Lampers, the stealthy hunter, um, about a week ago. And he said when he took his daughter out uh, hunting for the first time, he he provided uh, a scavenger hunt, you know? And one of the things is all of a sudden you start getting your mind off of, I'm only looking for this animal. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, look for tracks, look for a rub, look for a game trail, um, at what time is the wind going to be going west and you start teaching all these other aspects that are going to lead to the bigger picture for people to start having success.
1: Yeah, I mean that it's the same that's exactly the same thing like you're talking about when you give someone wild game meat, you know, versus, you know, teaching them something about how to hunt for themselves, you know, it's it's not valued the same. So if you took someone and although the, you know, the every way can help in in some sort, but if you just, you know, took them to your, say a a box blind, a deer came out and they shot it, they might not get as much satisfaction out of you, you know, teaching them the process along the way. And, you know, and that's what creates the people that stay with it rather than, you know, someone that does it once or twice.
0: Yeah. Because, because just like a good book or a good movie, there has to be a hook. Right, if you don't have the good hook, you're going to lose the reader, you're going to lose the person watching. and when it comes to hunting, if you just killing an animal is not the hook, and that's what I want to get clear and spread the the message to everyone. It is not about the killing of the animal that identifies us as hunters. It is all the preparation, all the journey, all the adventure with the killing of an animal and then everything else that goes back home with us and that the impact it leaves not only with ourselves but with our families with our relatives with our families and friends and ultimately the community in which you're a part of that is what being a hunter is all about and so if you're only giving somebody the opportunity to squeeze the trigger well you're not going to hook them because that doesn't provide the adventure it doesn't provide the the ultimate rush yeah it gets your heart pounding but it's not in at least in my experience and i don't want to put words in people's mouths but it it doesn't get them to want to fully dive into it head over heels and be a hunter
1: yeah no i i completely agree with that and it's You know, I think for a long time, and even now, I think it's trending the right direction, but it's still not where it needs to be. But like, if you think about, so from my experience, I've seen you know generations of hunters in my family and everything, and it always was something that was just kind of, you know, something people did, and everyone was kind of secretive about it. And you know, I'm not going to go out there and tell everyone where I'm hunting at or anything like that, but. You know, it was just something that you did and just kind of stayed, you know, within your own your own head and your own family or whatever it is. And so, like, for example, where I think that this mindset comes from, I think it was actually yesterday I had posted something on Facebook. And it was all about, you know, a a certain tactic I was using for hunting deer. And I, you know, explained it in detail why I do that and this and that. And I had a guy comment on it and say, you need to quit telling people all the, the tactics to make them successful or something like along those lines. And, you know, right away, I didn't respond the way that I wanted to, (laughs) you know, because to me, that's a very selfish comment, but it's. You know, if we you pr- can provide resources to people, if someone that's really wants to to have the drive to do it and wants to really be successful, if I can give them that information and they want to, you know, say, go on their first Western hunt or if they want to kill their first mountain whitetail or whatever it is, like if they have that drive to do that, I want to help. Like I want to do that. And that doesn't mean me holding their hand doing it. But any little thing that I can do to help that I think is, is crucial. And I wish more people would, would have that mindset, not that yeah. I learned this, this is my way, this is why I'm successful. And that's it. You know,
0: absolutely. And I dude, this is where I'm getting all fired up right now. We can make <laughs> this like a multiple hour conversation and podcast episode, but just a few things I want to touch on right there before I lose track and my thoughts is, uh, number number 1 like for example social media people they are so quick to react without like truly thinking things through and so in the state of washington there are elk but on the certain parts of the state you know you'll find them versus others and so i actually posted a picture on a social media account uh, washington backcountry of a sign of one of our wilderness areas here in the state of Washington. And I had so many comments being like, great. Now all the wild places are still, are going to get ruined. You know, Here's social media posting a picture. And I was like, dude, it is, it is a sign of a wilderness area. Number one. And number two, it it's like, it's, it's our land. Use it. And the second part I want to talk about in regards to that is, and this is going to really, I, I hope what I'm about to say fires people up and kind of pisses them off a little bit. I want you to start thinking. This is where the inward reflection comes to an outward correction. People live in scarcity. They live in a mindset of scarcity. Start living in a mindset of abundance. And when you can live in abundance, your entire world changes. And you're not so afraid of losing everything and not so afraid of of allowing other people to find joy and find fulfillment you know it's mind 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 oh i got to hold on to this oh you know give 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 and you're never going to outgive good and it's always going to return back to you and whether or not you are a faith based person or you believe in karma ultimately when you you're either allowing allowing the blessings to flow or you are putting a stop to that to that flow of energy and it's better to be a conduit of good and allow it to flow to other people and stop living in scarcity and stop thinking that this is my spot my spot when ultimately it is about creating an opportunity for every single person in this world to feel love accepted and be a part of something.
1: Yeah, no, you're, you're exactly right, and and like you said, I I'm not I'm not like super open about like certain locations that I hunt or anything, but like I I've shared photos where people where people are comment on it. Oh, that's this place. Oh man, hopefully no one knows where that's at because now that spot's the same thing like you said about posting the wilderness sign. I posted a picture and there was a very well known. Um, mountain range in the background and people were just, you know, kind of giving me shit about it. And, you know, Oh, that, that was, was a good place to hunt and all this stuff. And I'm like, man, like, first of all, it takes some serious effort and commitment to get to some of these places. And if someone really wants to go there just based on a, a social media post and, you know, more power to them, because it takes so much more to be successful on a hunt than, you know, just seeing a post of someone else doing something there, you know, right, it's, and it's, just being there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's see, I, I've, you know, and I, I can't say I've always been at the mindset I have now, you know, I, I'm, I, I definitely was not, you know, I was always like one of the secretive, you know, persons like that's what I grew up as far as you know you don't tell anybody that's old style hunting yeah Yeah, that's old
0: style hunting
1: yes you're exactly right and the and you know it it's taken a while and it's still something that's developing and I hope that I continue to go down that path of getting better at it and it's not you know and I think a lot of people have that you know internal kind of struggle about it and and the more you reflect on it and think about it you know, the more positive that can come out of the, the whole thing.
0: Absolutely. Hey, we're not perfect. Listen, I don't want to give away my hunting location just as much as the next guy. And it's not, like I said, going back to it, it's not about giving away hunting locations. It's about bringing people into the fold. It's about getting people to, you know, be a part of something bigger than themselves. and and And, and, and that's it.
1: Yeah, and, like, so I, I had a conversation with Corey Jacobson. And he was saying people were giving him a bunch of crap for a YouTube video he had about how to apply and hunt Idaho's home state. Everyone's like, oh, you showed this map of my area, blah, blah, blah. Or now, you know, this is going to be overhunted. He goes, he made a, such a good point. He goes, I've been putting out information other people have, you know, on the Internet for a good almost 10 years now. And he goes, hunting success rates have not increased at all. Like, <laughs> right? You, you know what I mean? Like it, it it does not, it doesn't have this huge effect on it or anything else, you know. Okay, say, you know, you're you're talking about, say, for example, you did something of uh, a certain wilderness area. We'll just use that for an example. And you talked about how awesome this wilderness area is. And just from a perspective of being there, not even necessarily the, the game that are, that are there available, but it's not going to change anything in the, in the big scheme of things. Okay. Maybe a couple guys go there that didn't before that does not affect anything. And that just, it just, he made, he made such a good point with it. And it's kind of the mindset that I've had, you know, with this whole thing. And I don't know, it's just, that's just something I get kind of fired up over talking about myself.
0: Hey, first off, you do know, so you don't have to justify yourself by saying you don't know because it's what you believe in, and that's <laughs> yeah. a good thing. And to actually believe in something is important because you know what Abraham Lincoln said, "If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything." But the the point of what you're sharing is like, dude, humans are inherently lazy. The reason they hold on to things and want to protect them because they're they are. Whether it was passed down to them or they did actually take the effort and the energy to go find that spot and and almost more or less claim it. Um, But people are lazy. And part of the adventure of hunting is taking you, you from ground zero all the way to harvesting the animal and returning home. Well, that adventure is finding a place to hunt. And finding whether or not it's a good place to hunt or, okay, we can cross that off the list and move on to the next spot. And that is a part of the excitement. You know, you over here in the state of Washington, let's use modern firearm, for example. You can deer hunt for, for modern firearm deer for two weeks. And then you got four days later in the season. That's it. So you wait an entire year for two weeks and then four days and then your season's over. So I understand, like, the, like you don't want to give up your spot. But there's so much. And this is where why hunting is so cool is that there's so much preparation that can lead in to you actually raising your success percentages, harvest percentages, rather than just having Corey Jacobson say, this is how uh, you can hunt Idaho. You know, the percentages don't change. People still got to get up off the couch and put in the work. Yeah. And one of the beautiful things about hunting is that you get out of it what you put it in. If you're going to just drive a, drive around in a car and glass clear cuts, you might see animals, you might not. You might get lucky, you might not. But if you do the work and you put in the effort and you really care about it, you're only going to get it back. And that's the whole point is that you're not going to out give good you're only going to sharpen yourself. You're only going to become a better hunter, a better outdoorsman, a better uh, teacher, and be able to communicate why things didn't work out the way they did and learn what is the best avenue and how to do things. And And this is a part of, of what I call the adventure, the primal adventure.
1: Yeah, man, I, I couldn't have said that any better. I I agree, and I'm, I'm glad we you know hit some of those topics. It's something that you know, doesn't get talked about enough and hopefully affects some people to be able to reflect on themselves and, and think about that before they you know, start typing on social media or whatever it is and, and the bigger scheme of things in, in life. but so right, like
0: hey, listen, to the, all the listeners out there, you don't have to agree with us, but it doesn't mean you have to hate us either. You know, we, I am just pursuing my passion and my passion is hunting and I want to get other people involved, period. And Bo, you're doing the same thing, you know, and and ultimately we're all on the same side. So, you know, if you don't agree with it, okay, cool. You know, you don't have to like my haircut, but it's my haircut. And, and, and that's where we need to drop the judgment and, and start just being accepting of of people of who they are and and how they think.
1: Well, hold on a second. We're not exactly on the same side. I mean, you're in Washington, I'm in Pennsylvania, so we're kind of on opposite sides.
0: Wait a minute. Is <laughs> are we colliding? Is this the East meets West Hunt podcast? I mean,
1: where where's where does East meets West at? I can't. I haven't figured that out myself. I
0: I don't know. Is it the Rocky Mountains? Is it uh, the Mississippi? What what is it?
1: I don't know. My 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 <laughs> literally my uh, 85 year old grandfather asked me that question. Where's East meets West at? I was like, I don't know. (laughs) I just started laughing. That's awesome. So one other thing that I really wanted to ask you about is you were successful at killing an awesome bull elk last year. And I kind of want to hear a little bit about that story.
0: Oh man. So it's, Okay, so I'm a believer in life that there's no coincidences. Things happen the way that they're supposed to happen. Just like me randomly going to a BHA pint night and Stephen Ronella being there and me getting to to meet him was no coincidence. It's a part of this journey that is only helping me get my message out. So being a hunter who at the at the time has only ever killed uh, a black bear as a big game animal. And, you know, I've shot coyotes and I've shot birds, but, but ultimately a black, I've yet to shoot, even shoot a deer. So I I go on this journey and, and I shoot my bear and I start social media and I'm like, all right, dude, I'm going to elk hunt this year with a bow. I watched born and raised outdoors I'm running on the treadmill. I'm getting jacked. And I, I am a believer in the power of positive thinking. I'm like, okay, I'm shooting a bull elk this year. I'm shooting a six by six and it is going to just be a monster and it's going to happen. And so uh, this is like in January or December, January of 2018. And in February, March, I purchase a bow. I start shooting And out of the blue and one of the very opening lines of my book is I've always wanted to be a cowboy, but I've never ridden a horse is I get a message. I'm selling a gun because I've always been a a gun enthusiast. Um, I'm selling a a very expensive gun online and I have a guy reach out to me who said, Hey, I would be willing to trade you a guided elk hunt for your gun. And I'm like, are you serious? He's like, yeah. And it's a, a horse packing trip. And first and foremost, I'm like, okay, number one, I have, uh, whether or not I shoot an elk, I'm going to have the opportunity to learn, which is something I've wanted. I get to ride a horse and I get to go on this really sweet adventure. <laughs> and so, so this is where it's like, everything is not coincidence. Like it's meant to happen. So I'm writing my book, I've wanted to be a cowboy, never ridden a horse. All all of a sudden, here comes this guy offering me to uh, pack me in on horses into the wilderness to uh, go hunt elk with this bow that I just shot. And I'm thinking to myself, dude, I'm going to shoot a monster bull. This is going to be freaking awesome. Here we go. And so he dropped us off. Uh, My buddy from North Dakota flew out and joined me on the hunt. And he dropped us off in, in the wilderness and the only elk that we saw out of a, a seven-day hunt was the the bull elk that I shot, and my buddy actually had a shot opportunity on it before I did. My buddy Jeff Winslow out in North Dakota. This is, this is a, he's a good dude. He he actually had a shot opportunity. At it before I did. However, it was day 2 of our hunt and day 1 we flipped a coin as to who was going to be the first shooter and he won and so he chose day 1 and he passed on this bull and I ended up shooting it and holy smokes. And then a part of this journey of me talking about hunting and mentorship is I don't think in the hunting world people will take you serious if you've never actually shot any animals and and had some success. So I think there is a little bit of this aspect of, you know, like destiny of me taking that bowl as a part of the resume of hunting to give me some credibility about what I'm talking about. So this, uh, so we're, we're hiking this trail. It's right near the Pacific crest trail in the state of Washington for all of you, Washington people. And there's last year, there's a ton of horrible fires that hikers were getting diverted off the trail, which, um, you know, some people refer to them as crusties because, uh, Pacific crust trail. So the crusties were being diverted down our trail. And so that morning we actually passed like 30 backpackers that, that camped at the site where there was elk sign all over. And we specifically didn't camp there with the intention of hunting it. Yeah. And so the day one where my buddy, he won and he was the first shooter. We actually asked these people, will you please not camp here? There's plenty of sites down, down the way. Um, because we are here to hunt and they're in here. You you know, please don't scare them off type thing. We'll pay you money, whatever. And these people just looked at us like, Oh, you're hunters. If We see any animals. We're going to scare them off. And I was like, I was like, man, what a horrible, horrible view that people are so quick to judge and, and put up walls and and segregate people and put them in boxes of like, oh, I'm a backpacker, I am a hunter, you know, and it's like, well, we're all public land users, and this is where it comes from my days of working at REI, it's like, dude, I probably sold you that backpack that you're carrying all that gear in, you know? Yeah. I I'm carrying a bow and I'm trying to take my own meat. There's no difference between you uh, purchasing your organic uh, grass fed beef and me just taking an elk. So we walked by, they ended up camping there and just, it was sad for us that day. My buddy, we never saw any elk, but the next morning we, we had plans of going past them and going deeper and, this was about seven o'clock in the morning and my buddy was ahead of me in the trail. And I, I was actually, Hey, this is, you never want to be caught with your pants down. Right. I was actually going to the bathroom, uh, taking a number one, not a number two, about 30 seconds before, uh, my buddy spotted the elk. <laughs> and so oh, my. I zip up my pants and I run down, uh, you know, I well run, quickly and quietly make my way down the trail. And we, we look uphill and there is a line of cows uh, working their way uphill and it was morning time. And so, you know, it's September, I think, man, maybe September 15th is when I shot my bull. But uh, so it's September, there's gotta be a bull with these cows. I, in state of Washington where I was hunting is three point minimum or better And so I was like, well, if it's legal, I'm going to shoot it or at least attempt to knowing that this was the first time I've ever even gone bow hunting. And, and so all of a sudden, uh, we, we let out, uh, a, a cow call and this bull just fires off. And all of a sudden, this is the first time I ever truly experienced a bull elk bugling in the woods. And it Shook me to my core, and oh my gosh, everybody's got to experience this because it is absolutely life changing. So, not to make the story super long, I'm gonna cut it down short. Uh, the bull fires off, we fire off a, a bugle right back and cut it cut it off, and then we go back and forth between two different cow calls. We're using the uh, Phelps Gray amp and the White amp um, mouth of diaphragms to simulate two different cow elk that were down the hill that he left behind and so all of a sudden he just starts ripping bugles and raking trees and you could just hear him getting absolutely pissed he works his way down and he's he's just destroying this vine maple i can't see the uh the antlers at all it's kind of like in jurassic park where uh, you can't see the raptors when they're feeding; they're just shaking the trees around. Yeah, yep. <laughs> and so I'm I'm down on the trail looking uphill, and my heart is just like boom 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 boom, boo, and I'm like, oh okay, it's, 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 calm down, calm down. And all of a sudden, it comes out of the vine maples, and I see the tips. And I never counted anything; I just recognize in my mind, like, oh, this is a shooter. And at this point, uh, my buddy is about. 40 yards up the trail from me and and we're looking, we're kind of like in a triangle with the elk and it comes out and it sticks its head. And as it's moving at me, I draw and it sticks its head up and over the snow and I get just a view of its head and its antlers. And my buddy had a broadside shot at 30 yards on it and it stayed there for a long time. And I just had my, my pins on its face. And I was like, Oh man, it crests over the hill my buddy didn't shoot bless his absolute heart because to this day he is yet to to take an elk himself and it crests over the hill comes down in front of me and i have the absolute shakes and i'm trying to do my best to take the circles <laughs> and make them small just to get that get them on the vitals and i think my first shot was about at 25 yards and i front-shouldered him absolutely just walloped him. but being a new hunter i was talking to my buddy the day before he was like if the elk goes uphill you you really screwed up if he goes downhill we're gonna be okay and i shoot a 70 pound bow with a 30 and a half inch draw length and <laughs> so i i i have a pretty pretty good kinetic energy force in my arrows and so i shoot him and it just smacks him he he buckles and i see the arrow stuck in his shoulder and i'm like dude that's no good it runs downhill past me um, cuts across the trail goes down into this marsh and we get the bull to stop and i i quickly i knocked another arrow and i i chase it I pulled back. I never ranged it a second time, but I'm thinking it's right around 30, 35 yards. Oh, so he's still pretty close
1: at that point. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So he ran probably in that moment, probably around like 75 yards in, in like uphill, downhill. And then he was running the swamp a little bit and I sent this arrow and all I heard was a whap and, and I'm like, no way what the heck just happened because i knew i had a clear shot my second shot i was steady and my buddy comes running down the trail pissed just absolutely pissed at me he was like where did you put that second arrow because he passed up on a broadside shot that would have been just absolutely easy money and i go i swear i was dead on him but all i heard was a tree and after i shot i saw the elk start to drop its head and and make its way off into the woods so we pull out for a little bit and you can actually see this video on my youtube channel it's only like a minute long where i come down the trail and uh, i have my bow up in my hands because i just went and saw uh, and located the elk turns out i had a clean pass through double lung them, and the arrow which i heard stuck in a tree so that's what i heard and i recovered a beautiful symmetrical six by six bull elk and is the first antlered animal I've ever shot and it has absolutely changed my life
1: man that is that's an awesome story. And I, I definitely give your buddy credit for that, you know? And like when, whenever I'm hunting with people, I tell them, say it's my turn to shoot. I'm like, listen, if it comes by you and you have a good shot, I tell them to shoot. Like, I, I don't want them to yep. to do that. And, and like, that's just, that's really respect. I respect that, you know, the hell yeah. out of them he, for doing that. He's
0: a great, he's a great man. The one thing he did say is that, He goes, I was going to shoot, but I saw you were at full draw already.
1: Okay.
0: (laughs) I was like, okay, well, that's good. You know, like I, I was ready to rock and roll with it, but you know, the emotions I didn't, I did not realize I, I started bawling my eyes out and just crying, um, because of the emotions that were in me, not because I was sad, not because I was overcome with joy. And I don't even know where these emotions came from, but that's the raw, emotion of what hunting can do for you yeah it really connects you with yourself and with nature
1: man that's an that's an awesome story and and i I remember uh when you posted that picture and you might even have sent it to me too i don't remember but i was like so pumped i was like that's awesome because you and i just kind of started talking i think a little bit on instagram at that point and uh and i was like that that is freaking awesome like i'm i was pumped (laughs)
0: thanks man i really appreciate it i i hope everyone has the opportunity to uh to take an animal that they're well every animal they they're proud of but is for me to be so new at hunting and have that be my first antlered animal people are like well it's all downhill from there you might as well quit hunting and i'm like whoa i'm just getting started yeah (laughs) come on now (laughs) try me but right (laughs) so like this last week at school um I had an opportunity to provide tacos for my entire staff and and I made my, the taco meat was elk and the the staff members, they didn't know it and they're eating it and these are people that when they did find out it was elk, they're like, man, I wouldn't have eaten that if, if I would have known, but yet I couldn't tell a difference and thank you for allowing me to share in that. And that's one of the things about the community aspect is that people who, whether they're hunters or not, they're getting the rewards and the benefits of people who do hunt.
1: Yeah. No, I I, I couldn't agree more. That's a, that's a risky move there, not telling them ahead of time. <laughs> Some people could probably get mad, but that, that's, a, that's something I would do too.
0: <laughs> well, well, let's just say this. It was free lunch, and they had their choice of whether or not they wanted to participate in it.
1: <laughs> yep. Hey, <laughs> you know? yep, I gotcha. <laughs>
0: yeah. It wasn't like they were forced to eat it. Yeah. So
1: no, that's awesome, man. I'm I'm glad that uh, I got to hear that story from you, and and uh, and be able to the listeners to be able to hear that too. And like you said, yeah. every everything happens, you know, for a reason. It's not it wasn't by you know just happenstance that that happened. That that all happened. You know, you worked for it. So. Absolutely.
0: So, just uh, just a couple last thoughts that, that I want to leave with you and your listeners is: if you're listening to this podcast and you are new to hunting or you are thinking about getting into it, the the reward is great. You got to stick with it. Don't give up because of frustration. Because when you give up early and you give up quick you're not going to be fulfilled and you're going to be filled with regret. And those of you who listen to this podcast and are hunters, I'm going to challenge you to think about how did you get to the point where you are, who taught you how to hunt? And if they didn't teach you how to hunt, how would you have been a hunter or would you be where you are at today? And so to now give back to the community by by mentoring other people and allowing them to have the same opportunity and the same uh, uh, chance to to change their lives and to be transformed through Primal Adventure.
1: That's awesome, man. I I appreciate you you know sharing that message and and everything else today, you know, with the listeners. I think it's a a breath of fresh air that's uh you know needed sometimes. And and you know I I get the same way with. You know, I get so into hunting and so into the pursuit of the animal. Sometimes it's good to reflect and, and think about how you can, you know, give back even more. So I appreciate oh, that.
0: Man, absolutely. Hey, listen, it, it, it's just our life. We only get one of them. you got to make the most of it.
1: Yep. No, I, I couldn't agree any more, man. So where can people find some more information on you and Washington Backcountry, everything that we've been talking about here today?
0: Yeah, so the you can go to our website which is com, and that takes a, takes you to the homepage and from there you can see uh we uh, we started a hunting 101 series on there that is both uh video based on YouTube and also uh written word. Um we have a a blog in which a lot of different articles go up on there and um as well as, I'm really glad that you asked this. We just recently added a forum to our website, uh, not only for for the ability to ask questions about specific animals and stuff like that, but if you want to be a mentor, and this is crossing state boundaries, this is not just for the state of Washington, um, because you can also get to our website by going to soulfulhunter.com, and that's uh, s o u l f u l hunter.com. Um, And and on that forum, you can find uh, parts to if you're looking for a mentor, if you want a mentor, or if you're looking for a hunting partner. And we want to be a resource to bridge the gap and provide opportunities for people to connect and a conduit for people to to have success. So you can go to our website at soulfulhunter.com or wabackcountry.com. Uh, The podcast, which is brand new, uh, only has two episodes up, is uh, the Soulful Hunter podcast. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, and Stitcher. And then I run two Instagram accounts, Washington, Washington underscore Backcountry and the Soulful Hunter podcast. And then you can find Washington Backcountry on Facebook and Twitter and YouTube.
1: Awesome, man. Uh, that's a lot, lot of places that you're putting out content. And again, it goes back to the amount of work that, that you're putting into this and, and helping to change people's lives. So I definitely encourage everybody to check that out and, and, um, you know, reach out, reach out to you if you have any questions.
0: Oh, absolutely. I, try to get, not try, I will get back to every direct message or every email that is sent um, because I'm in it for all of you. I'm, I'm, I don't get paid. I do not make any money off of this. And I want to see hunting be around for generations to come, but more importantly, I want to see lives be transformed. And it's about growing as an individual and giving back and finding purpose and passion in life and, and having hope and being inspired. So yeah, Bo, thank you so much for the opportunity to come on and talk with you and be a part of this podcast.
1: Yeah, man. No, thank you for coming on. And, uh, I'm looking forward to chatting some more and, and, uh, talking more, you know, after this hunting season goes too, and, and getting to swap more stories.
0: Absolutely. And, and we're going to have you on the Soulful Hunter podcast here coming up as well. So, you know, at the end of the day, people, people it's not just about the state in which you hunt in, it's about everywhere. So um, the reason why I started the Soulful Hunter podcast was to be able to, to cross state lines and go nationwide. But people need to understand about what it's like to hunt in different regions and how you can find fulfillment through that. So that's one of the reasons why I want to have you on as a guest is to bring a completely different and fresh perspective to a lot of the listeners I would have out here who are more used to that Western style of hunting.
1: Awesome, man. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yep. Thank you, man. And looking forward to uh, talking with you again.
1: All right, Johnny. Hey, we'll talk to you soon. Yep. Take care.